I was born in Maryland in the year 1766. My parents were slaves. Both my father and mother were religious people and belonged to the Methodist society. It was my father's practice to read in the Bible aloud to his children every Sabbath morning. At these seasons, when I was but five years old, I often felt the overshadowing of the Lord's Spirit, without at all understanding what it meant, and these incomes and influences continued to attend me until I was eleven years old, particularly when I was alone, by which I was preserved from doing anything that I thought was wrong. In the eleventh year of my age, my master sent me to another farm, several miles from my parents, brothers, and sisters, which was a great trouble to me. At last, I grew so lonely and sad I thought I should die, if I did not see my mother. I asked the overseer if I might go, but being positively denied, I concluded to go without his knowledge. When I reached home my mother was away. I set off and walked twenty miles before I found her. I stayed with her for several days, and we returned together. Next day I was sent back to my new place, which renewed my sorrow. At parting, my mother told me that I had nobody in the wide world to look to but God. These words fell upon my heart with ponderous weight, and seemed to add to my grief. I went back repeating as I went, none but God in the wide world. On reaching the farm, I found the overseer was displeased at me for going without his liberty. He tied me with a rope, and gave me some stripes of which I carried the marks for weeks. After this time, finding as my mother said, I had none in the world to look to but God, I betook myself to prayer, and in every lonely place I found an altar. I mourned sore like a dove and chattered forth my sorrow, moaning in the corners of the field and under the fences. I continued in this state for about six months, feeling as though my head were waters, and I could do nothing but weep. I lost my appetite, and not being able to take enough food to sustain nature, I became so weak I had but little strength to work, still I was required to do all my duty. One evening, after the duties of the day were ended, I thought I could not live over the night, so threw myself on a bench, expecting to die, and without being prepared to meet my Maker, and my spirit cried within me, Must I die in this state, and be banished from thy presence forever? I own I am a sinner in thy sight, and not fit to live where thou art. Still it was my fervent desire that the Lord would pardon me. Just at this season, I saw with my spiritual eye an awful gulf of misery. As I thought I was about to plunge into it, I heard a voice saying, Rise up and pray, which strengthened me. I fell on my knees and prayed the best I could the Lord's Prayer. Knowing no more to say, I halted, but continued on my knees. My spirit was then, taught, to pray, Lord, have mercy on me Christ save me. Immediately there appeared a director, clothed in white raiment. I thought he took me by the hand and said, Come with me. He led me down a long journey to a fiery gulf, and left me standing upon the brink of this awful pit. I began to scream for mercy, thinking I was about to be plunged to the belly of hell, and believed I should sink to endless ruin. Although I prayed and wrestled with all my might, it seemed in vain. Still, I felt all the while that I was sustained by some invisible power. At this solemn moment, 
I thought I saw a hand from which hung, as it were, a silver hair, and a voice told me that all the hope I had of being saved was no more than a hair, still, pray, and it will be sufficient. I then renewed my struggle, crying for mercy and salvation, until I found that every cry raised me higher and higher, and my head was quite above the fiery pillars. Then I thought I was permitted to look straight forward, and saw the Savior standing with his hand stretched out to receive me. An indescribably glorious light was, in, him, and he said, Peace, peace, come unto me. At this moment I felt that my sins were forgiven me, and the time of my deliverance was at hand. I sprang forward and fell at his feet, giving him all the thanks and highest praises, crying, Thou hast redeemed me, thou hast redeemed me to thyself. I felt filled with light and love. At this moment I thought my former guide took me again by the hand, and led me upward, till I came to the celestial world, and to heaven's door, which I saw was open, and while I stood there, a power surrounded me which drew me in, and I saw millions of glorified spirits in white robes. After I had this view, I thought I heard a voice saying, Art thou willing to be saved? I said, Yes, Lord. Again I was asked, Art thou willing to be saved in my way? I stood speechless until he asked me again, Art thou willing to be saved in my way? Then I heard a whispering voice say, If thou art not saved in the Lord's way, thou canst not be saved at all, at which I exclaimed, Yes, Lord, in thy own way. Immediately a light fell upon my head, and I was filled with light, and I was shown the world lying in wickedness, and was told I must go there, and call the people to repentance, for the day of the Lord was at hand, and this message was as a heavy yoke upon me, so that I wept bitterly at the thought of what I should have to pass through. While I wept, I heard a voice say, Weep not, some will laugh at thee, some will scoff at thee, and the dogs will bark at thee, but while thou doest my will, I will be with thee to the ends of the earth. I was at this time not yet thirteen years old. The next day, when I had come to myself, I felt like a new creature in Christ, and all my desire was to see the Savior. I lived in a place where there was no preaching, and no religious instruction, but every day I went out amongst the haystacks, where the presence of the Lord overshadowed me, and I was filled with sweetness and joy, and was as a vessel filled with holy oil. In this way I continued for about a year, many times while my hands were at my work, my spirit was carried away to spiritual things. One day as I was going to my old place behind the haystacks to pray, I was assailed with this language, Are you going there to weep and pray? What a fool! There are older professors than you are, and they do not take that way to get to heaven. People whose sins are forgiven ought to be joyful and lively, and not be struggling and praying. With this I halted and concluded I would not go, but do as other professors did, and so went off to play, but at this moment the light that was in me became darkened, and the peace and joy that I once had departed from me. About this time I was moved back to the farm where my mother lived, and then sold to a stranger. Here I had deep sorrows and plungings, not having experienced a return of that sweet evidence and light with which I had been favored formerly, but by watching unto prayer and wrestling mightily with the Lord, my peace gradually returned, and with it a great exercise and weight upon my heart for the salvation of my fellow creatures.
and I was often carried to distant lands and shown places where I should have to travel and deliver the Lord's message. Years afterwards, I found myself visiting those towns and countries that I had seen in the light as I sat at home at my sewing, places of which I had never heard. Some years from this time I was sold to a Presbyterian for a term of years, as he did not think it right to hold slaves for life. Having served him faithfully my time out, he gave me my liberty, which was about the thirtieth year of my age. As I now lived in a neighborhood where I could attend religious meetings, occasionally I felt moved to speak a few words therein, but I shrank from it so great was the cross to my nature. I did not speak much till I had reached my forty-second year, when it was revealed to me that the message which had been given to me I had not yet delivered, and the time had come. As I could read but little, I questioned within myself how it would be possible for me to deliver the message when I did not understand the scriptures. Whereupon I was moved to open a Bible that was near me, which I did, and my eyes fell upon this passage, Gird up thy loins now like a man, and answer thou me. Obey God rather than man, etc. Here I fell into a great exercise of spirit, and was plunged very low. I went from one religious professor to another, inquiring of them what ailed me, but of all these I could find none who could throw any light upon such impressions. They all told me there was nothing in Scripture that would sanction such exercises. It was hard for men to travel, and what would women do? These things greatly discouraged me, and shut up my way, and caused me to resist the Spirit. After going to all that were accounted pious, and receiving no help, I returned to the Lord, feeling that I was nothing, and knew nothing, and wrestled and prayed to the Lord that He would fully reveal His will, and make the way plain. Whilst I thus struggled, there seemed a light from heaven to fall upon me, which banished all my desponding fears, and I was enabled to form a new resolution to go on to prison and to death, if it might be my portion and the Lord showed me that it was his will I should be resigned to die any death that might be my lot in carrying his message and be entirely crucified to the world, and sacrifice underscore all underscore to his glory that was then in my possession, which his witnesses, the holy apostles, had done before me. It was then revealed to me that the Lord had given me the evidence of a clean heart, in which I could rejoice day and night, and I walked and talked with God, and my soul was illuminated with heavenly light, and I knew nothing but Jesus Christ, and Him crucified.